Welcome to Tranquility Magazine Podcast with your host, Jasmine Maya Royce. So excited for our episode with Paula Bowers is a certified weight loss health coach for women over 50 with over a decade of experience helping women make peace with their menopausal bodies. She is a host of Get Your Goal podcast and a prolific online content creator with experience in women's health, personal development, and menopause fitness. Mind Over Menopause is her first book and she lives here in California. Thank you very much, Paula, for being on here. And thank you so much, Jasmine. It's so great to be here. Yes. So I'm excited. So uh, first question I want to ask you, what is today's mantra for you? So, okay. I knew this question was coming. I listened to your podcast. (laughs) I will tell you my mantra. I will happily tell you my mantra, but I kind of have to tell you the story behind it too, because it's not going to sound like your normal mantra. (laughs) So my (laughs) mantra is rigorous and uncompromising, which doesn't sound anything like me. And that's kind of the point. Mm. So My youngest son is my business coach and he helps me with a lot of like business decisions and moving forward. Like how, you know, what am I going to do next? Like with my coaching business and the podcast and things like that. And I have found that I make a lot of my decisions, like trying to be nice, trying to let people like me. I mean, like a lot of women make decisions. I make a lot of decisions about being nice. And my son reminds me, and I I literally have it on a post-it note. I'm staring at it right now. He's like, mom, sometimes you need to be rigorous and uncompromising. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It made me laugh so hard when he said it to me. What he was saying, like what could actually be a mantra would be like, what you want matters, meaning what I want matters. Mm. The way he said it, I was like, oh, that's it. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) That that is my mantra. That's been my mantra now for a year at least. So anytime I find myself waffling or not being sure, rigorous and uncompromising, what do I want to do? It's important. And he was touching on a couple of things when I coach people about talking and the art of saying no. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Which I coach people on all the time too. Like I talk about it and yet in my own life, Mm-hmm. A little bit harder to actually implement. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're you're getting the rigorous for feedback from your own words <laughs> calling you out. You're like, you tell me this all the time. How are you not doing this? Exactly. Yes, it happens, but it's a very important no to women in general that we tend to be sacrificing our understandings, kind of wanting to appease people and taking care of people. And then it ends up that we're disappointed and we just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm exhausted because I gave all my energy to you or someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so good mantra. It wasn't uncompromising. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it gives you a sturdy boundaries. And I think that's important. So you have an assortment of certifications, personal trainer, functional fitness specialist, health coach, and life and weight coach, Mm -hmm. along with your very intriguing bachelor's degree. And so what first called you to create a passion around fitness? You know, it was funny. I was the girl who was picked last for dodgeball in PE my whole life. Like I was wildly uncoordinated and really considered myself somebody who like didn't like to exercise. Mm -hmm. And then randomly in my late thirties, I discovered that I liked to run. I mean, who knew, right? Like who knew where this came from? I had been walking, you know, you know, as we do, Mm -hmm. I walked, I walked for exercise. I liked that enough. I liked being outside for a little while. And then one morning I was like, I wonder if I could run to that tree. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) And then, and then I kept running and I was like, oh, this isn't bad. Turns out I was actually pretty good at running and being the kind of person that I am. 
I turned running from here to the tree into running ultra marathons within about two mm-hmm. years <laughs> and found this huge passion for, for everything. I mean, it actually really helped me focus what I had put out in the world in a lot of ways. Like I was competitive about the most ridiculous things. You know how you get competitive about like parking spots and things like that? <laughs> yeah, like not I in Los found, Angeles. Don't know what you're talking about. Just, I will, just exactly. Yeah, and I found that I could be competitive in running and then it calmed me down mm. everywhere else. Like all the other places in my life where I was trying to be competitive, I could just channel it into this one thing and it worked so beautifully. And so I really wanted to share that with people. I mean, that is how I got started with fitness in general in my own life. And it was like, okay, if I can discover this in my late 30s, early 40s, then let me go ahead and share this with you because it's never too late. Like it's truly never too late to discover your love for fitness at all, which which then turned into, I mean, coming to menopause and being Mm -hmm. in my 50s, it's like, oh, there is too much of a good thing. There is a bell (laughs) curve here Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's all fun and games right up until it's a little too much for your menopausal body. Mm -hmm. And so that is like my new mission in life. Like, yes, love what you love, channel your energy, channel your competitiveness. And also as we get to this age, learn how to rest and recover from it, which was Mm -hmm. the thing that I was missing until I was in my fifties. Yeah. And so it's amazing to uh, running is an art and I talk about physical training and a meditational factor. And so when you're doing something that like that or any creative aspect, you get in this zone and the mm-hmm. zone, it's like, I think there's a breaking point in running. You can describe it. You, you run and run and it's exhausting. And then you have this one moment that you now can run for longer Uh, I don't know what the term for it is, but it's, yeah, I don't know either, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's like a breaking (laughs) moment that you're like, Oh, okay. I was exhausted the entire time. And now I've uh, crescendo and I can just go on and keep going. And then it sounds like a a leaning towards uh, um, Forrest Gump. He just started running and he never stopped. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, amazing creature. So you mentioned menopause and this is a a touchy subject an interesting word for a lot of people. It has that connotation of fear sadness, unspoken mystery, struggles, evolution, life-changing ideas. Most people are talking about menopause and it's a topic that's important for both men and women to understand. And I think it's very creative that you were willing to touch on this concept, but I don't think there's a lot of authors or writers that are approaching this. So you've already experienced a lot of it and you talk a little bit about the difference about the menopausal cycle and where it is. When you were health training for people that were going through menopause, what were some takeaways that you decided to pursue your writing about this content? You know, when I first became a personal trainer, I was, how old was I? 42 was when I got my certification and my very first client was my mom. <laughs> so so she would have been almost 70 at the time. And I remember being like, what do you mean you can't hold a plank for a minute? What do you mean you can't, you know, do this or that or the other? Thing? I mean, you know, here I am in my you know early 40s at the peak of my fitness. It was like, well, why would that change? And so I was very Okay, with my mother, I was less patient, but then I had other <laughs> clients. It was really interesting. I, I took on one client who was in her 50s, and then she referred both her mother and her mother-in-law to me. Mm. So for a while, almost my entire client roster was like women in their 60s and 70s, like 50s, 60s, and 70s. And here I was in my early 40s. And so 
being around them, first of all, it was just so much fun. I mean, it was just really eye-opening and very interesting. They had lots of great stories to tell. And as a fitness trainer, I realized that there were certain things that I had been taught, you know, in my certification and certain things that I really just kind of took for granted about my own health and my own fitness. Yeah. And I could see that it was really different for them. And so it really informed a lot of how I trained even younger people at the time, because I did eventually have clients who were my age and even younger. And I realized that, that watching the age progression, that it wasn't just age. And so I really kind of got into like the science of why is this so different? Like what is, what is the scientific differences and found that there's almost no research. I mean, so little research done on menopause. It's ridiculous. There's so much more that we don't know that by the time I had been, you know, training people and then had gotten on YouTube and was doing, going through my own menopausal changes. I was like, somebody needs to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Like somebody needs to just stand up and say, this is what menopause is like. It's not always a problem, but let's just talk about it so that it's not a mystery either. Because when we kind of shroud it in mystery, I think everybody takes it on like, oh, we have to whisper about it because it's so terrible. You know, <laughs> it's, it's only hot flashes or it's all downhill from here. And it's like, no, menopause actually is full and rich, just like being pregnant, just like starting your period, like puberty, like it is its own transition into something new and different that doesn't have to be scary or bad. It can just be a conversation that we have about how we're changing, how we're different now. Yes, absolutely. And it is affecting your mental and your physical state along with, you know, your emotions that are tied in it. I think I like the quote when you said, your body responds to what your brain believes. Yes. And so where did you come across that quote in your experience of all your tutelage and more research? You know, I'm trying to think of where I first heard that. That has to have been somewhere very, very early on in running. I couldn't even begin to tell you where I heard it first, but I remember probably, I mean, it was honestly probably in like Runner's World magazine or something where there was some quote, you know, from some famous coach who was talking about your body will only go where your brain goes first. Sure. And I remember at the time being kind of like, okay, that sounds a little, a little frou-frou. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, here I am 15 years later, a life coach who talks about this all the time. But at the time <laughs> it was brand new to me. Like I was, was not into personal development. I was not into like mindset or anything like that when I was younger. So, so to come across that and have it relate to running, it kind of opened a door for me. Like, okay, I'm willing to listen to a little bit of personal development as long as it makes me a better runner. <laughs> and then from there, it was like, oh, okay, this actually has lots of applications in lots of places in my life. And the more I understand about how your brain and your body work together, the more I'm utterly convinced that they never, ever do anything separately. Like your brain affects mm -hmm. your body, your body affects your brain. They go back and forth constantly. And anytime we try to, I mean, specifically because I am a weight loss coach, people mm -hmm. will come to me, okay, what are the things I need to do? I need to exercise. I need to eat. And they think that's yeah. it. And it's like, oh no, we got to talk about your brain. <laughs> we got to mm -hmm. talk about your brain and your body together. Otherwise you're not going to get the results that you want. So the very first place I heard it, let's just say it was runner's world because I don't know. It was something like that. And then it has become just so much a part of like who I am and how I see the world mm -hmm. where I don't, I don't see the brain or the body as separate entities at all anymore. Like they're very much one thing to me. Yeah. They, the quote became ingrained in osmosis or somewhere and it becomes <laughs> like, yeah. And it happens sometimes people 
recurrently approach you with some topic and it's just like, or a book they were suggesting and like two people do it. And I was like, after two, I was like, okay, whatever this is, I need to think about it, keep it or read it. Uh. Yep, exactly. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned something that I want you to explain a little bit because I have a little bit experience with CBT mm-hmm. and that's cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. And in that a lot of people that I also know don't have any idea what this is. And I'm lucky that I produce a lot of therapy shows, so it's easier for me. But I want you to kind of talk about what it is and how you use it as the bedding for your understanding of menopause and state of mind. I mean, at its its most basic core, it is the brain-body connection. Like your brain will have a thought and it creates a feeling in your body. And then from the thought and the feeling, that's where we get all of our habits, all of the things that we do. And then of course, from the things that we do, we get our results. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to lose weight, you're like, oh, okay, I know I got to eat and exercise, right? Mm-hmm. But the reason you would eat and exercise is because you have a feeling, some sort of a feeling of some sort of a feeling of pleasure. Honestly, that's the real reason we do everything, you know, pleasure mm-hmm. principle. So, but that pleasure doesn't just arrive out of nowhere. <laughs> there has to be some sort of a thought that occurred first. And here's where most people are like, okay, I'll just think positive thoughts. That'll make it all better. <laughs> like, no, actually, it's a little more complicated than that. You can't fool your feelings. So, mm-hmm. so for me, coming at it from, you know, from my fitness background, I think I have so much more interest in like how the feelings part of it works. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people, I mean, again, I think a lot of people really, you know, believe in like positive affirmations and mantras and, and things mm-hmm. like that, that are super helpful. But they also have that back end of if you don't believe it or if it doesn't actually feel good in your body, mm-hmm. not going to get you where you want to go. So I love talking about how your body is a compass for mm-hmm. which way you're actually facing, like what you're thinking creates a feeling in your body. And that feeling in your body will tell you, oh, yeah, that's actually going to get me where I want to go or it's not going to get me where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And so many of the women that I work with, either from years of, you know, putting other people first, like we were just talking about, <laughs> or from, I mean, socialization, stuff down your feelings, don't pay attention to your feelings, gotta, you know, put a stiff upper lip, those kinds of things. We have really lost touch with our bodies. Mm-hmm. And we really don't look to our bodies for information. Then you add on menopause. Mm. All of a sudden, your body is like a foreign country where you don't speak the language how in the world can you listen to what it's saying? So, so many of the women that I work with come to me and they're like, my body has betrayed me. I can't do anything I used to be able to do. All of a sudden I've gained this weight and I don't know why. Like they're almost actively distancing themselves from their bodies. Mm -hmm. So I consider it like my job, like let's get you back in touch. Let's, let's get back in touch with your body. Your body is different. Absolutely. Mm. but you can still have a conversation with it. And when you do, it'll get you where you want to go. That's important topic that you just touched on right there, having a conversation with your own body. And this is something that a lot of women in general forget. I've learned to give myself compliments every day because I didn't really like compliments. You know, I, I got weirded out by people giving me compliments in my mind. I was like, what do you need? 
Like, <laughs> like right. I, also, women in general, when you meet a lady and you're like, hey, nice to meet you. I like something. You know, it's like a, a factor that you have to mirror it. I was like, oh, I like that's like sometimes it's not the truth of it. But also, how do you feel about the compliments you give to yourself, which is a very important dialogue. People do stand by the mirror every morning. And I was like, I look beautiful today. I like my dress. Like I, I look thin. I All these things are helpful understandings to change your state of mind. And I think it's a topic that most people don't touch up. You know, it's different. It's like menopause. I understand what you're saying in a way that it's a foreign country. You have no idea what's going on. I felt the same way when it was the term, the clock is ticking is another one. And like, where, where is this? Like, what is this? And then you're still like one obscurity to another obscurity in your psychological development and your fitness and where you are in your process. But To go back to CBT, it's also touched on point where your mental state of mind comes from your cognitive behavior as childhood. And everyone in their 40s and then getting into their 50s are wake up calls for these understandings that they have or grown through with their parents and the loss of someone. And it wakes you up in a way that we don't have all the time we think we have. But what are we going to use for it? And you utilize a very important topic that touches on a lot of people that push you to do your self-work and invest in, you know, your state of mind and your physical understanding by the loss of your sister, who's your best friend and suffer with cancer that everyone has. And that's a hard grief. It's either parents and it's unlikely for siblings. It's a very one that touches a core wound when you spend a lot of time with someone that was your counterpoint. Yeah. 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 It was, it was an interesting juxtaposition of time in my life specifically, which I know a lot of people can relate to where, you know, I was already kind of grieving the changes in my body. Like I could tell I was getting older. I could tell things were changing. I wasn't quite sure what the scope of it was going to be just yet, but I was already kind of feeling different, perimenopausal. Mm -hmm. My kids, had grown up and were, you know, out of the nest. Yeah. And then add, yeah, exactly. Then add to that, that my sister got sick and and passed away so quickly that it was like, okay, all of a sudden, all of the solid ground that I had been standing on, you know, all of the ultra marathons that I've been running for 10 years, being a mom, you know, their whole lives and being my, my sister's sister was like, who am I? And I know that, I mean, it doesn't even take all of those factors for women to question that when they go through menopause. I mean, it is a, it is a fundamental change of who we are. And again, that whole like mystery and it must be scary. <laughs> you you come into it thinking, okay, my life is going to be over. But the math of it is that your life is like only halfway done. You've got yeah. half of your life that you're going to be menopausal. <laughs> That's ridiculous that we think it's over. <laughs> age. Come on. <laughs> Good topic point, but also a very imparting truth that we haven't been aware of or approached in a way that it's it's a it's a great learning curve but also you hinted at a, a point that you have to touch down like go back into yourself to re-understand who you actually are because you spent all your time being a mother and taking care of your kids and it gets distracting that give 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 I'm always going to take care of you I'm here for you whatever you need and I'm watching every one of my friends that has kids kind of distracted from their needs at all and now you're left with you and your partner you would hope and then where are you going to progress and how are you going to involve on the next chapter of your life and so it's a it's a difficult deep 
and very emotional time along with, you know, just tap into some menopause where it's like a little all over the spectrum. And you're like, okay, what am I feeling today? I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what I feel like. Uh, <laughs> and those are harder moments that you need to take a breath and working out helps you push through that, which you have a, a fabulous YouTube site and it's filled with a myriad of selections on your state of mind, but also the consciousness that you touch on. I'm more familiar like yoga. I need a mantra to get into it. It's like get in your headspace and then physically I want to like do something that I'm taking care of me today. Yeah. And yeah. And that's so important. I mean, that's so important for menopausal women. I mean, I take I take a very different tack on specifically on my YouTube channel when I used to do fitness videos where it was not meditative in what mm -hmm. normal people would consider meditative. I talk a lot. Like yeah. I'm a fast talker. I talk constantly. <laughs> You'll find if you go through any of the videos, there's at least one comment from somebody like, wow, you talk a lot. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, Nothing I do. wrong with being a conversation, but that's exactly. a coaching thing when you did more like physical training wait, I need a coach. Just don't stop now. I don't see you stopping. And so you need that kind of, depending on your workout method, it needs yeah. that back tone that you keep encouraging people to pursue it. And yeah. because, you know, some people were, I laugh at the gym thing. You know, it's like the January is here. Everybody yeah. signs up for the gym <laughs> membership and it's, packed. it's crazy busy. And then you get yeah. to like February, half of, <laughs> and then March, a third of, and you're like, okay, and you look around around June, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. there's about maybe six or 10 of you today. And yeah. like, well, the people it, who learned how to, how to talk to themselves, how to motivate mm -hmm. themselves through a workout, you know, or the people who found the meditative space by mm -hmm. moving their bodies. I mean, I absolutely agree that movement is meditation. I mean, even, mm -hmm. even if I'm chattering the whole time, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> still a very meditative thing for me to have, again, my brain and my body connected that movement mm -hmm. in your body helps your brain move through some things too, yeah. in my opinion. The vagus nerve is also an important one that yeah. people touch on the difference in your mind and your gut and how it moves yeah. through your whole system and your internals and what you feel and then trusting your heart. And if it's like joyful. And I think when you get to, you know, some people have never been invested in working out when they were young and then they yeah. take a break and then how to get back in that habit and that rhythm and then having someone trying to coach you, but also keeping you on a consistent habit and yeah. habits take about 30 days before they became a, like a natural thing. I'm, I'm in it now. Like now I, I have a date or I call myself out and I have a task to do whatever time it is. It's working out. Sometimes doesn't take that long, but yeah, no. <laughs> No. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the life coach one and I, I like the podcast by Brooke Castillo and she's a good state of mind when you were working through and processing your grief oh, yeah. and also your menopause and you're like me being an entrepreneurial state of mind. And yeah. that's a, a rhythm and habit for not everyone. But I want to briefly touch on a paragraph that I thought was very important to your readers in your book, page 23. Would you like to read it or me? Oh, I'll happily read that. I okay. love reading from my book. So mm -hmm. if I had to pick the one thing that's missing from many of the self-help books I've read, it's this. On your way to feeling better and thinking positive thoughts, you're also going to feel lousy and need to acknowledge and work with your negative thoughts. That might sound like a tough pill to swallow right now, but I promise you it's a very low price to pay for what you'll get in return. With practice, a bit of bravery to look at your thoughts and feelings head on 
and the simple formula that I share in the book, which is the key to making the magic happen, you will actually be able to create the reality that you want to create in your life. And I do think, I mean, coming again, back to how we whisper about menopause, we think menopause is this scary thing. If we can simply look at it head on and not be afraid of the thoughts that we have, the thoughts that other people have, the things mm-hmm. that we've been socialized to believe about, you know, being coming a crone, <laughs> all those things that we hear about. Mm-hmm. Like I've actually, I've, I've come to take that word on. I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? Yes, I am. Yes, I am a crone. I love it. <laughs> yes. Living my dream right there. I wanted to be a witch in a, in a little desert house when they, everybody shows up. They're like, I want some thoughts and help and magic. And I was like, yep, that's magic is your state of mind. But also, you know, you get to be the more experienced and seasoned explorer of the universe before people that come to you and ask these questions are like, I've been there. Do you want to know what I took away from that? And that's an important thing to embrace the changes and who you are now. Every chapter in life has a different chapter. Every one can be 10 years or more than that when you have to re-establish who you are and yeah. talk to yourself and figuring out what is the person to come and where am I now? And that's yeah. a, a deeper one that takes a lot of work. But Mind Over Menopause is a very important book for touchstones for figuring out that cycle in that chapter of life where you don't really know what you're going to feel like every day. You're not going to know what this means or that because, you know, you can approach it with a doctor, but sometimes the doctors don't really explain much. And you're like, okay, I got some brief history, but not really the full truth of it. And I've seen a lot of people with the weight loss and the factor that, you know, I love going to the gym and I enjoy it, but it's different for some people that don't really want to go to the gym, uh, making yourself get there. So first, you know. Getting someone. Truly, the women that I work with are much more so the opposite. We're so used to working out so hard mm-hmm. that the hardest part is really respecting where your body is now. I mean, the thing that changes for menopausal women, it's not that mm-hmm. we can't work out hard. You absolutely can. It's that it takes yeah. so much longer to recover. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can work out, but then where you used to be able to like, okay, I'm going to just do something light the next day. And then I'm back at it. It's like, oh no, I actually need three days of recovery now. I mean, yeah. the, the kinds of ultra marathons that I was running, I, well, I don't run them anymore because I don't want to spend the time recovering. I like exercising so much, <laughs> but I'd rather do like a little bit less all the time than a lot. And then have all the recovery. Cause I, mm. I like being active every day. I really do. So, so for me personally, I, I chose to let ultra marathoning go at least for now. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what the future holds when I'm all, <laughs> all the way on the other side. <laughs> and yeah. Have, you know, more time and space to be thinking about it. Right now I'm running a business and going through menopause and doing all the things. (laughs) (laughs) You're enjoying the journey in a way that, and also it's a truthful understanding of where you are in your emotional context and your physical understandings. And I think I would nod to the idea. It's like used to be magazines that get women an idea of what they should look like or the epitome of a physique or something like that. Instagram does the same now for a lot of people that they're looking to be like an influencer and their physiques are fit and they're toned. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm that. It's like, I'm not really approaching that. I can, every woman can critique anything because I live in this body and I know exactly what it should look like and what it doesn't look like and where it is. And you kind of, critique every nuance of yourself that makes you spiral into a depth of sadness and working through that in a nod to appreciation 
and a little yeah. gratitude for your state of being. And that's a harder one to learn as well as the workout that you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Getting, honestly, women my age did not grow up hearing. I mean, I told you my story oh, about yeah. how the first time I heard body will only go where your brain goes first. I was just like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. like, we didn't really grow. Like, my kids hear it so often from so many different places. Like, they're so mm. much more open to mindset work and self-development yes. just in general. Like, I think it's so much more common now. When mm -hmm. I was younger, I mean, I remember my parents talking about it like, oh, that's absolute nonsense. Yes. That's just for people, you know, whatever words they Charlotte use. But it was just like, like you know, snake oil sales. Snake oil, or exactly. That kind of a thing. Yeah. So <laughs> the irony of me becoming a life coach. But anyway, so I mean, with, without having those like foundational stories in my background, you know, I work with a lot of women where I'm like, let's talk about your mindset. And they're like, no. <laughs> no, it's not related. No. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's kind of just that, I mean, it's a, an artificial barrier, of course, but there's still just the kind of that barrier for women my age to even like want to dive into the depths of the mindset and even mm -hmm. want to think about like, what is in my brain? What is going on with my body? I mean, what you were talking about, about, you know, we read magazines and go on Instagram. We really kind of think of our body as visual only, mm -hmm. like it should look a certain way, but we don't really pay attention to like, what it feels like or the signals that it's sending us, things like that. So mm -hmm. it's very easy to just think, oh, okay, I have to do these things. So it looks a certain way. And I yeah. mean, the, the entirety of my message is you can look however you want, but let's go ahead and talk about how your body feels. Cause that's True. where the real information is. That's where you're really going to figure out who you are and, and what, what's your place in the world is by listening to your body, not just looking at it. True. And I accept that in a way that now common topic, it's doesn't matter what your physique is and what you actually look like but it is how you feel about it so yeah. most people can be thick or curvaceous or skinny and it doesn't matter but also every one of these archetypes that i have been friends with has a different state of mind on how they feel about themselves yeah and that's the true information that some people will criticize themselves no matter their physique. So you're never going to be happy if you're not happy. I'm lucky that I'm staying in the same like shape for most of my life, but who knows what will happen tomorrow or, or in the On future. my side so of the like, 50s. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, it's, but it's like, I've gone to a process that I was, but also I like to explore different countries in a way that things that we think are being in LA, everybody's stick thin and, you know, perfect physiques and everything like that but if you go to i would give you an example london the size the sizes are different but i think yeah. i can do it in a uh, american size a size 12 is their epitome of beauty and yeah. then you go to italy and it's like around a 14 and so mm -hmm. it's different understandings of what is beautiful for different cultures and also yeah. just with you that yeah. you feel comfortable being in you because this is important but yeah very much. So I want you to talk about a interesting experience in your life because you've had a myriad. There's there's so many selections out there because you touch on a lot in your book, in your experience, but you've touched on some, but what was an important turning point in your life along with the menopause or something abstracts from this that you were, you took away some important knowledge and how you move through, you can lean towards an idea of a failure but it's not really a failure because the information that you took away from it is a learning that you progressively can use going forward. 
gosh, I'm trying to see if I can come up with one example of failure. What am, one of the things that I am really learning at this stage of my life is that failure isn't what we all were taught that it is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you grow up thinking, oh, failure is like this, this thing, like it's <laughs> huge and it's some standard that everybody can agree on. And once you have it, it's like, it's like a smell Yeah, <laughs> it's for the rest yeah. of your life. And it's like, <laughs> no, failure is failure is just so different from how I ever perceived it. And I'm mm-hmm. actually really leaning into failure. I mean, really specifically now in business, much more so than, than even in my personal life. In my personal life, I leaned into failure a lot when I was doing running and ultra running. Like I really had to learn to understand that what you bring to race day is whatever is going to happen on race day, that you could have all the best training in the world. But when I was younger, I still took that really hard. Like it still felt mm-hmm. like a failure. It felt like, you know, a heaviness yeah. in me. Your competition now in my, came out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I'm competitive in my business too, but there really is, I mean, this is, this is why I'm taking on the mantle of crone. I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I can let go of so many other things. Now I still feel competitive, but not really even against other people the way that I used to. I just want to compete with myself. Like I just really mm-hmm. want to see where my edges are. And it feels so different. It's a different kind of competitive, mm-hmm. which also makes it a different kind of failure where, you know, I'm so willing to like go out and try something new and let it be just a total flop. Like let people just really, I mean, if you've ever been on YouTube and I have, <laughs> people will let you know their opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> I mean, and I've recently pivoted my business, which I think some people might look at like, oh, what a failure. You know, she was having so much success with fitness videos and now she's doing this life coaching thing. (laughs) But I was willing to do something different and to let something go that I loved and enjoyed, but wanted to change and see a new side of myself. I really wanted to, I really just wanted to talk about the brain body connection instead of just your body. Mm -hmm. Like it's just so important to me. It was so compelling to me that I changed my entire business model And that felt like, well, I could fail. And it's definitely been its own struggle. There have been lots of lessons learned. There have been lots of like content that I've put out that has gone (laughs) immediately (laughs) and gotten all the comments that tell me so. Mm -hmm. And and I don't see any of it as a failure anymore. Whereas I definitely would have in my 30s and 40s. I definitely would have felt like it was a failure. And now it just feels like, well, this is information about who I want to be and how I want to show up and where I want to go next. And I love that feeling. That's a a great concept to be aware of and touch on the idea of failure and how you feel about later stages in life too. And everybody would be on your board. That's like, Oh, I'm 20 and I'm, everything is a problem and everything is a failure. And I, I don't have the strength to put myself out there in a way that, you know, I would be critiqued and ridiculed and every social media platform, every archetype of podcast or uh, YouTube videos, you get the feedback from everyone that's immediate feedback. Yeah, I got some viewpoints. Everybody's got a state of mind. I always laugh at it. I was like, don't ever read the subcontext of the comments unless you have a really good constitution for your own ability to take it. Because I love criticisms and critiques, which in my 20s, I didn't really like, but that it's an important thing. It's like you have to have the readiness to embrace somebody's state of mind, because you also need to know the audience that it's coming from. Are you experienced? Are you so experienced that you know more than I do? And then maybe not so, but thank you for your opinion. (laughs) 
exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much, Paula Bowers. You are a certified weight loss life coach and for women over 50 and over a decade of experience helping women make peace with their menopausal bodies. You're the host of and tune in for Get Your Goal podcast and a prolific online content creator. We can find you at www.getyourgoal.com where you can find all her resources for her YouTube videos and her podcast. Thank you very much, Paula, for being here today. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Thank you for listening to Tranquility Magazine Podcast. Please subscribe and add your review and thoughts for our next interview type.